Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. The Mummers, in the little theater of the air. Sit down. Let me look at you. Ah, it's good to see you again. It's good to see you again, too. Only seen you once since your marriage. Where do you and Lyman hide out? And how is that author husband of yours, anyway? Well, it's hmm? your fault you haven't seen us. Been invited three times, you know. Ham couldn't get away. Besides, why do you live way out in the wilderness? Hazel, you're not ill. Or are you? No, Dr. Russell. It isn't I. Bob, not... Dr. Russell to you, my dear. It's easier to call you Dr. Russell on a call like this. What can I do for you, Hazel? Here. Want a smoke? Have a cigarette. Thanks. There, now. I came to talk to you about Lyman. Yes? Is he ill, Hazel? It's worse than that. I don't know what it is, but it's something dreadful. Terrible, I know. You uh, tell me the best you can. Well... At first, when we moved out in the country, he seemed so happy. He was busy writing a new novel. And he had you there with him? Yes. I thought that should make him happy. He'd made me rush the marriage so. Married two months before you planned to be, weren't you? Yes. But then, several months after we'd been out in the country, Lyman began to act very strange. Very strange. What do you mean? Well, at first I thought it was fear of something. I, I don't know what... And then he began to sit in the library, all night long. Writing, you mean? Some, perhaps. But when he'd come upstairs early in the morning, he'd look like someone who had undergone a terrible struggle, an ordeal. His face would be white and chalky. His eyes would jerk and his lips tremble. How long has this been going on? For a month now. Oh, it's terrible. Something's driving him mad. Whatever it is, it'll kill him. Hazel, I don't know what to say. I can't say anything right offhand. But you know, my dear, writers... Well, anyway, Lyman has always been rather a peculiar chap. Normal, of course. Normal as any of us. He's not normal now. He's changed. He's, he's not the same. Oh, you've got to do something. Can you get him to come and see me? No. That's the trouble. I can't. He won't leave the house for a day. I've begged him to get out, but he won't. Tell him you were coming to see me? Oh, mercy, no. Just in town, shopping. And you want me to come to him. Is that it? Exactly. Without his knowing, I'm making a professional call. Yes. I want you to come for the weekend, and while there, see if you can do anything for him. I'm not a psychiatrist, honey. 
I may advise Pills when he needs a change of air. Oh, I know you. You'll do the right thing. When can you come? Well, want me this weekend? Tomorrow? Indeed, I do. I think I can get away this weekend. I will. I'll be there. Oh, fine. I feel better already. About Lyman, I mean. I know you can help him if anyone can. Now, don't put too much faith in a doddering old surgeon, my dear. Oh, you're the best physician in the world. Because I have faith in you. I'll be expecting you for dinner tomorrow. Hazel, this has been a splendid dinner. I've really eaten more than I ought. Oh, it's nice to see a man relish a meal. <laughs> Lyman rarely eats. I'm going to tell you, Bob, that I have no appetite. But it isn't true. Lyman, you know it is. Why, night after night, he leaves the table scarcely touching his plate. It isn't true, I tell you. <laughs> well, perhaps Lyman is more sensible than I am. Now, I know too hearty a meal isn't good for me, particularly at night. I don't recommend it to my patients, but like all who preach, I don't practice my own teachings. <laughs> like the shoemaker's children who go without shoes? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, if you finish your coffee, shall we go to the drawing room? Fine. Now, Lyman, how about telling me about your new novel? What's the theme? I haven't been writing lately. But he has to soon. He's promised his publishers that it'd be ready in a month. Don't remind me what I have to do. I'll have it ready. Oh, sure you will. With Hazel here for inspiration, it ought to go fast. Uh, shall we go to the drawing room, then? Yes. Yeah. This way, Bob. Oh, beautiful here. <laughs> beautiful, then. Hazel, this is a lovely home you have out here in the country. I'm glad you like it. Quiet and peaceful, too. Ought to be a writer's paradise. Oh, here, Bob. Sit in this chair. I'm sure you'll find it comfortable. Oh, thank you. Uh, where are you going to sit, Lyman? If you'll excuse me, I think I'll go to the library. I have some work to do. Don't let me annoy you, Lyman, or keep you from work. But I thought you'd like to visit with Bob. I tell you, I have work to do. All right. Of course we'll excuse you. Yes. I have work to do. Will you join us later? Perhaps. No, no, don't wait for me. Getting late, I'm sure Bob will want to retire soon. Oh, but it's early yet, Lyman. All the same, don't wait for me. Well, what do you think? I don't know what to think. He does act strange, doesn't he? Yes. He isn't the same. No, he isn't. Changed. I'm so awfully worried. Notice how he glances everywhere and looks nowhere. I did. What can be the trouble? Seems to be listening for something. Waiting for something. Yes, that's it. Of course, Lyman's never been very loquacious. No, that's right. He dislikes small talk. There's something almost rude about his taciturnity this evening. Oh, I know. Oh, Bob, as a doctor, not as a friend, what would you say is the matter? My dear, I can't answer you yet. Is it I? Is he tired of me? No, no, I don't think so. But I must know... Notice how white and drawn his face is? He's under some strain, all right. What do you propose to do? As soon as you go upstairs to bed, I'm going to the library and sit with him. Oh, but he won't let you. I'm accustomed to giving orders, not taking them. I know, but you don't He'll know how... He'll let me stay. Did you notice how he kept looking towards the library and yet tried to hide it from us? Why, well, yes. Now that you mention it, I do. I have a feeling that whatever it is that's bothering Lyman... The library has something to do with it. I'll do my best tonight to find out what it is. Who is it? 
It's I, Bob. What do you want? Let me in, won't you? Sorry, I'm busy. Why lock the door, Lyman? Never mind. Go away. Lyman, I'll call one of the servants to open it for me. I'll rouse the whole house. You can't come in. All right, all right. Well? Come on, let a fellow in. Came here to snoop, I know it. Hazel brought you here to watch me. And you admit that there is something wrong, Lyman. I admit nothing. Uh, what time is it? Chimes just struck as I came down the hall. Let's see. 11.45. Then you must go. Get out of here. I don't understand. The door. I must lock the door. Come on, Lyman. Tell me what it is that's bothering you. Go. Leave me alone. No, I'm here to stay. I have a gun here, Dr. Russell. But you won't use it. Not on me. She'll be coming in a moment. She'll try to get out of this room, rattle the doorknob. Try to get out of this library to kill my wife. I confess I don't know what you're talking about. Who will come, Lyman? You'll hear her in a minute. Moving out of those bookshelves. Moving towards me. Towards the door. Who do you mean? At first, you'll smell the perfume she always wore. Lyman, who are you talking about? Shirley Gray. The ghost of Shirley Gray. Shirley Gray? The ghost of Shirley Gray. She lives in this room. At night, midnight, she tries to get out and kill Hazel. Oh, now, come, Lyman. You've been working too hard. Your mind is weary. Your imagination is working overtime. Better go up and get some sleep. I knew this would be the way. I knew what you'd say. You think I'm out of my mind. You think I'm crazy. Well, I'm not. You doctors are fools. Can't see. Only measles. Smallpox. You only can see something that bats you in the face. It's only because I can see that I'm asking you to go upstairs and get some rest. No one can go on sleepless for weeks and remain sane. I'm sane, all right. More than you are. Listen. The clock. It's midnight. She'll be here in a moment. Listen. Listen, do you hear? Listen, if you dare. Do you hear her? I hear nothing, Lyman. She's coming nearer. I can almost see her tonight. She's dressed in a soft, flowing gown. She's coming closer towards me. Nearer. Nearer. She's coming nearer. Shirley, I didn't kill you. I, I, I didn't mean to kill you. Lyman, what on earth is the matter? Dr. Russell, don't grab my arm. Let me go. Let me go, I tell you. Let me go. Can't you see? She's moving towards the door. She wants to get out. No. No, you can't get out of here. I'll stop you. No. No. You can't get out that door. Get back. Back into the shelves. I didn't mean to kill you, Shirley. Get back into the shelves. Back. Back. I'm pushing her back. I'm winning. Winning. Back. Back into the shelves. Back. There. There. Simon. Simon, what is it? It's all over now. I won. She didn't get out. She's gone back. Now I can go upstairs and sleep. Sleep. I've won the battle for another night. Now I can sleep. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Who is Shirley, who comes out of the bookcase at midnight? Is it someone Lyman killed? <laughs> the hermit will tell you before the night is done. <laughs> There are people in most countries who would like to live in the Republic of the United States or the Dominion of Canada where that good Olga Cole is sold. The citizens of our free countries are the envy of many people elsewhere because of the personal freedom which we have enjoyed. Why then doesn't every country adopt a form of free government? One answer is that unfortunately there are people and parties in many nations who are so greedy for power that they will sacrifice the freedom of their fellow countrymen to obtain power for themselves. History, even recent history, is replete with such instances. That is why the citizens of the Republic of the United States and the Dominion of Canada must be careful to recognize at its very beginning any movement to steal or limit their freedom. That is not always easy. The man who would enslave a free people doesn't begin by saying, now I'm going to be your dictator. Instead, he probably will claim that he is a devoted supporter of personal freedom. But all the while, he will support policies that weaken and undermine personal freedom. Such a man will deny any totalitarian aims. But free citizens must not be deceived by such denials. Apparently, it is a cardinal principle of every sincere totalitarian that he is justified in lying, if such lies will advance his plans. In these times, no public figure and no party or organization supporting such a person can be accepted without careful consideration. Every public figure and organization must be carefully scrutinized. And if their real aims are to limit or to destroy our freedom as individuals, they must be opposed and defeated. Now the hermit again. <laughs> the next morning, Dr. Russell talks to Lyman about the mysterious Shirley. Is the doctor talking to a murderer, eh? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Lyman, I want to hear the story. In this clear, clean daylight, I want you to tell me your story. It's nothing I can tell you. I'm your friend, Hazel's friend. I can't see your lives ruined, see your whole future shattered by some strange thing that holds you that, if it were brought out into daylight, would vanish. You think it would? I'm sure it would. It's with me as much in the day as it is at night. I found out since last night that Shirley Gray was a character in your last novel. Now, certainly, Lyman, you aren't going to sit there and tell me that you believe a character out of a storybook can return to haunt you. Yes, yes, she does. It's absurd. Besides, from what I know of ghosts, doors wouldn't bother them. They'd walk right through them. Not Shirley. She isn't strong enough yet. She hasn't been dead long enough. And how should she kill Hazel? How do you know she wants to kill her? For revenge. I killed Shirley when she was still young, lovely. She didn't want to die. But how do you know she wants to kill Hazel? Because night after night, she's come to me. Guided my hand while I write. Is written, I'll take your wife from you, just as you snatched my lover. Lyman, listen to me. Characters from storybooks, I don't care how real they are to you, were never flesh and blood. They can't inhabit a spirit world. But Shirley Gray was flesh and blood. I took her out of life and put her in a book. You... you mean you used some real girl as a type for your story? Yes, I did. Tell me about it, Lyman. Perhaps I'll be able to aid you. 
It was several months before I was married. You remember I went up to that lake in the north to write? I remember. It was while I was there that I met Shirley Gray. She was the most strikingly beautiful girl that I'd ever seen. Max, this is Mr. Clinton. Mr. Lyman Clinton. How do you do, Mr. Clinton? Shirley tells me you're an author. She's frightfully keen on your stories. But I'm ashamed to say I don't believe I've ever read any of your work. Oh, don't apologize, please. I'm the one who should do that. I'm afraid I write for money, not fame. Oh, it isn't true. We've had a grand time talking books. From early French beginnings of the novel to modern. From Zola to John de Passer. Oh, it's nice of you to entertain Shirley, Mr. Clinton. I can only come out weekends. Gets pretty lonely here at the lake with only your folks for company. The pleasure's been mine, I assure you. Come on. We're wasting a glorious day meant for swimming. I'll race you to the second sandbar, Shirley. <laughs> right. Want a bet? <laughs> what does it say? Whatever you say. <laughs> and so I spent days at the lake with her. Walking through the woods. Talking. And falling in love with her. But this Max. Who was he? The boy she loved was engaged to. Yes? Go on, Lyman. In Shirley's company, I could feel myself groping for new thoughts. Beginning to live more than I ever had before. She had a free and full imagination. Yes? She wasn't muddled by life as most people are. She possessed a spiritual insight. Clear. Alive. I understand. And one night, I told her how I felt about her. But Hazel, you were engaged to Hazel at the time. I'd forgotten about Hazel. She belonged in another world. She had no existence in this one. And so you told this Shirley? Yes. We'd climbed one of the high sand dunes that afternoon. Had returned. It was dusk. Shadows had begun to settle on the water. Stars were beginning to fill the sky. And we'd paused to watch their reflections. You will be returning home soon, Lionel. And so will I. I shall never leave this spot. Nor you. Not in mind, perhaps. But in actuality. This lake, the beauty of it all, will be something to remember on cold winter nights. It's no use to disguise things from you, Shirley. You know I'm in love with you. I know that, Lyman. I'll never let you leave me. Never. I think you will. You understand me. And yet you don't. Meaning? That you've read many things into me that don't exist at all. And have omitted one thing. The main thing. Which is? That I love Max. Love him very much. No place for me? Don't beg. I hate it. With Max, life is easy, unconfused. We're happy on a simple plane. We'll romp through life together and fight together. But not with too much effort. The easy way? Perhaps. But why take the difficulty? I like life. It's fun. It may be drab and hard someday. But not now. I haven't misunderstood you, Shirley. Quite the contrary. And I love you. Please, Lyman, let's not talk anymore. Look at the water. See the boat way off in the distance, covered with a thousand lights, going somewhere. Let's just sit here and watch. That night was the last time I saw Shirley Gray alive. Yes, what happened to her? She left the lake the next day. Two days after, I returned home. And asked Hazel to hasten your marriage? Yes, because I wanted to forget this girl as soon as I could. 
I understand. But I couldn't forget her. I couldn't. She was with me constantly. So I began to write a story about her. That drove me wild. Yet you finished the book? Published it, in fact. Yes, I finished it. But do you know what I did? I think I know. I couldn't bear to think of Shirley living without me. So I killed her in the story. Then the very day that I killed her in the book, she was killed in life. What? Yes, killed. In an automobile. Instantly. That had nothing to do with your story. You weren't to blame. I was. I was. I fought so hard. Wanted it so much. I brought it about. I killed her. She wasn't ready to die. She won't accept death. Now she comes back to haunt me for retribution. Tell me, Doctor, what am I going to do? Help me if you can. Help me, please. I will, Lyman. Tonight we shall go to the library together. And I will help you. I have a plan. I killed her. I killed her. How do you do, young man? You're Max Pierce, aren't you? Yes, sir, I am. I'm Dr. Russell. Yes, Dr. Russell. I'm glad to meet you. But there's nothing you can do for me. I was in an automobile accident. Smashed up. Always have to walk with crutches. I know what I'm going to ask of you will seem very strange and personal. But I have a very good reason. Will you hear me? Yes. What is it? You were engaged to Shirley Gray, weren't you? Yes, I was. And uh, loved her? We were to have been married. I don't understand you. You will in a moment. And Shirley Gray died... Yes. And I had to live on. I don't want to. If you're able, your doctor told me I might take you with me tonight to help save another man's sanity. We have to drive in the country. I'll tell you the story on the way. This is all strange to me. Now, don't be afraid. It's all right. Will you come? Yes, I'll come. To my car, then. I'll tell you the story as we drive to our destination. That's all there is to tell right now. It doesn't seem possible. I'm sane and considered to be a level-headed man. I've never believed in ghosts. Never. Nor I. But I'm compelled to believe this time. But why doesn't she come to me? Perhaps she will. Tonight. Here we are. It's 11.30. You'll find him in the library waiting. It's I. Yes? Come in. Who's this? Who have you brought with you? Max Pierce. Do you remember him? Why have you brought him here? Oh, please, Mr. Clinton. I want to help you. And I want to see Shirley. Perhaps he can talk to her. You've made a mess of things. Seeing Max will praise her. She'll kill all of us. No, I think it will give her peace. She wants revenge, not peace. But you need help. You can't go on this way. Sit down, both of you. Be quiet and listen. Listen. Do you hear that rustling sound? It's the wind in the water. She brings the sound with her. Listen. She's coming. Nearer. Nearer. I can see her tonight. Do you see her? Why? Why, yes. 
Yes, I do see her. Surely, my darling, surely speak to me. Max. Max, you've come to me. Yes, Shirley, I'm here. My darling, I love you. Do you want to come with me now? Forever? I do, yes. Surely I do. But your revenge upon me... I shall have my revenge. You shall go on living, suffering for killing others. Surely. Don't be afraid to die. Death will be lovely when we are together. What have I done? I forgive you, Lyman Clinton. I leave you in peace. Come to me, Max. Follow me. Yes, Shirley. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Shirley Gray. <laughs> her spirit returned and took Max Pierce to her, leaving Lyman to ponder and suffer the rest of his life. <laughs> Turn on your lights. Turn them on. <laughs> I'll be back. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> Characters, places, and occurrences mentioned in the Hermit's Cave are fictitious, and similarity to persons, places, or occurrences is purely accidental.